0: My friends who listen to Future Primitive were again on the phone with our favorite archetypal astrologer, Ren Butler. We were together on Future Primitive, I would say about two or three months ago, and um, here we are again because we want to hear about the astrological weather. So, Ren Butler is a holotropic breathwork facilitator, an archetypal astrologer, and a healthcare worker in British Columbia, Canada. He has written a book called Pathways to Wholeness, Archetypal Astrology, and the Transpersonal journey. Well, welcome, Ren, and refresh us by telling us what is archetypal astrology.
1: Well, thank you. It's great to be here. Um, archetypal astrology it kind of evolved out of the work of Carl Jung, uh, who coined the term archetype going back to the, the Greeks, uh, Plato and uh, Socrates. And it it was the form of archetypal astrology i'm interested in is uh, was explicitly developed by richard tarnas uh, when he was living at esalen institute um, he um, got to meet a lot of well-known astrologers including dane rudyar and also his association with stanislav groff and it was an incredibly fertile and stimulating time and um he was doing uh self exploration looking at the transits during his experiences and also all the people around Esalen that were having all kinds of um, powerful emotional and spiritual breakthroughs and he felt it was kind of a like, perfect laboratory conditions to study the effects of astrological transits on people's inner lives Yes, and he also
0: In his book, Cosmos and Psyche, uh, he predicted uh, that this was going to be a very turbulent time. So I wonder if you could talk to us about that. Oh, well, um, I think you must be referring to the Uranus-Pluto square. Yes, uh, yes. One of the most pronounced uh, archetypal cycles. Um, the last
1: time Uranus and Pluto were in alignment, of course, was in the 60s, from 1960 to 1972. Um, and um, now from about 2007 until 2020, we're, we're in the Uranus square Pluto. Uh, Uranus-Pluto alignments, and then he, he went back through history, back as far as the axial age in fact, uh, the earliest one that he talks about is uh, from 600 B.C. to 560 B.C. And during that one, there was a triple conjunction. It was the only time uh, in modern history that we've had an uh, exact triple conjunction of Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto uh, during that period. But these... Uh, these uh, alignments back through history seem to correspond to some very recognizable themes, which can be seen as expressions of the driving plutonic, uh, evolutionary death, rebirth energies associated with Pluto uh-huh. and the electrifying, awakening, liberating, um, uh, rebellious and revolutionary energies associated with Uranus. Um, some of the major themes that we are seeing in this decade and that were, of course, very pronounced in the 60s are uh, empowerment of women. You can see this in India with the rebellion against the sort of rape culture that exists in some elements of the society there. Um, this uh, erotic emancipation, the Please
0: expand on that. I have no idea about that.
1: max culmination moments and, and Tarnas uh, was amazingly discovered I believe, I don't know anyone else who, who uh, has talked about this that on the very day that they landed on the moon in I believe July 69 there was a quadruple conjunction of Jupiter Uranus Pluto and the moon hmm. very astounding uh-huh. um And then ecological awareness, you can see this in the 60s with Rachel Carson's silent spring on the the, uh, devastation of uh, pesticide, DDT, in 1962. And then now this rapid ecological awareness and the the sense of urgent need to address fossil fuel emissions and climate change. Those are some of the major themes that we're experiencing at this uh, time.
0: So yeah. what um what can you see in the um archetypal experience of astrology about climate change because right now in Paris we we are having this two week um climate change conference summit
1: Pluto, uh, square by itself, tends to give a powerful impetus to uh, to make those kind of changes, to seek breakthroughs. Pluto empowers the Uranian impulse toward liberating new solutions and innovations and technological breakthroughs and so on. Uranus also liberates and shows the sort of oh, uh, liberating quality associated with uh, nature, which is connected with Pluto. So, you know, you see this in Thoreau, this sort of importance of living close to nature. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a Uranus-Pluto conjunction, I believe, when he lived at Walden Pond and wrote that very influential book on uh, on nature, on yes. living closer to nature. Yes.
2: Um,
1: uh, so that's one aspect of it. The, another powerful one is I would say, uh, representative of the Saturn-Neptune square, which is within one degree of exact right now. And Saturn-Neptune is a very different archetypal energy. Neptune is our sense of innocence, our our sort of uh, pristine connection with the divine and sense of higher meaning and tends to be associated with Ecstatic feelings in its pure form. Saturn represents hard, cold reality, um, endings, separations, boundaries.
2: Mm-hmm. And the this, the
1: this dynamic square between the Saturn Neptune. Um, one of the manifestations of it is this, this kind of a nightmare sense of losing something, of losing Eden, and there there can be a sort of a profound feeling of. Uh, of danger of uh, threat to the the sort of fragile Neptunian matrix that, uh, that we're living in. Um, you can see this nightmarish quality happening right now in the,
2: like the the terrible air pollution in like Beijing and yes. Delhi. I don't know if you've seen that on the news, but yes. Talk
0: Viewers. Yeah, Yeah. I just want to acknowledge the stimulating effect of uh, talking with with them.
2: Um, This incredible emphasis right now on
1: on the refugees. Yes. boundaries in archetyping Saturn is boundaries so there's this sense of, of threat or of toxic threats from within and
0: else did you talk about on that uh, on that webinar on that call? Well, somebody pulled up the chart of Donald Trump, and uh-huh. I don't know if any of your leaders are at all interested in Donald Trump's chart. But, uh, <laughs> well, that's quite interesting, since right now he's uh, trying to uh, to push his ideas to the forefront. it was either chad harris or matthew stelzner i believe that pulled up donald trump's chart so i want to acknowledge
1: them and, and for the group for some of the ideas and, and richard Parnas had some really good insights into trump's chart as well so so yes Donald donald trump so a very interesting candidate with a lot of
0: Why? Well, tell me why. To, uh, why William Shatner?
1: Well, um, you know, why is looking at Donald Trump's chart important? There.
0: Oh no. Uh, uh, why do do you? First of all, you said you were interested in William Shatner's um, uh, chart for a long time, and and then that you wanted to. Uh, 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 speak about those two in relationships. so i just, just wondering why
1: okay well it's specifically the, the Sun Jupiter Uranus
2: uh, uh-huh. combination okay. they both have that and it's probably the, the most representative and distinct features of each of their charts Okay. Um, Donald Trump was born with Sun conjunct Uranus
1: trine Jupiter and Shatner was born with uh, Sun conjunct Sun conjunct Uranus square Jupiter. So, you know, basically the same archetypal energies. Very interesting. Let me talk about Donald Trump's chart uh, for some of the okay. aspects of it. So, uh, the Sun, Jupiter, Uranus. Uh, first of all, the Sun, Jupiter can be a sense of one hand it's the like philosophical Jupiter rigidity, Saturn, a tendency to see the world
0: It's it's always, um, I think, the first Tuesday in November. In Russia. Yeah. Please go on, please.
1: Now, Shatner, son, Jupiter Uranus, uh, took, took the form of also the sense of being the golden boy. I mean, when he, he came in and just saved Star Trek, they had a few different captains before him, and uh, including Gene uh, Roddenberry's uh, wife, um, uh, I think Major Barrett, is that her name? She became, she was Nurse Chapel, and then she became Roxana.
0: I I, I can't Troy, remember, but yes,
1: Diana Troy's mother in the in the Next Generation series. She was also the voice of the computer in in both of those first two Enterprise series. So she was the captain in the original pilot, but it was deemed that it was too early to have a female
2: captain. Yeah. Um,
1: but that so he came on and he was exactly what they needed. This handsome beefcake. in in about six or seven of the first eight episodes he had his shirt off (laughs) (laughs) it was like it was like back it was kind of hearkening to the sword and sandals epics of the the 50s and early 60s um and he uh he had this this confidence this radiating warmth and charisma he uh he he was full of himself in an endearing way and i guess with Shatner people either kind of love him or hate him or rather kind of really some people you know look down on him but I,
0: but, but, but I know, see how they have the same trait of being full of yeah, the, yeah, full of themselves full
1: of, full of themselves yeah um, I, I when I was a kid you know watching Star Trek with my brothers and sister was really one of the happiest times of my childhood uh-huh. we just loved it it was like being transported into the Trump. I think that, yeah. And, and more of an ability to self kind of mock and self, uh, you know, to sort of parody himself. So Trump has a bit of that. I know he's been on Saturday Night Live a bit, but I think Trump takes himself more seriously where Shatner is more willing to sort of take a joke and, you know, give
0: one. Yeah. Make a joke about the joke. at the chart of uh, Trudeau, of the young Trudeau?
1: You know, I actually haven't, but uh, you, you've, you've seen that in the news?
0: Uh, well, sure. I mean, it's a big event that he's become Prime Minister. Well, we're so proud of him. Um, he's very popular and, you know, we have we have such high hopes and his his environmental um,
1: stance is, is really Right now, and um, you know, his they're they're just such they cut such a dashing couple. He and his his wife, and they're obviously in love. And uh, yeah, it's it's
0: a very very happy time for many Canadians. Canadians, yeah. yes.
1: Yeah, I can look at his chart next time. If,
0: if, if, that would be good. Tell us what yeah. what else you see in your recent explorations. Of, yeah. Uh, more things about their their charts. If that if that's okay. Yes. Yes. Go on.
1: Okay. So a couple more things about uh, Trump's chart. Uh, it, it, sun, Jupiter, us is also connected with like the Icarus archetype of flying too close to the sun,
2: ah. like
1: defying all limits and boundaries. I mean, have you ever seen anyone be <laughs> so outrageous? It's like he's. You talk about you know he's he's following. The beat of his own drum—that's for sure. So, um, a couple other things. Uh, we talked about this the other day. So, uh, thanks to Rick Tarnas for some of these insights. The Venus conjunct Saturn squared to Jupiter in Trump's chart—you can see the the Venus Saturn Jupiter is connected with like the, the, the trophy wives and the highly publicized acrimonious divorces. Sort of unbridled, sort of materialism, sort of crass materialism. A lot of people talk about his hair. And, <laughs> you know. What we just
2: have a lot of censoring.
1: his main motivation was, was to protect his crew and-
0: any Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just like Trump.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're going to vote for him for a sex
0: appeal? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I I realize you you think I have good taste in men. Yes. Yeah.
2: Yeah,
1: and and I just want to say, you know.
0: this grandiosity apply to the situation on this planet in general at this time
1: oh that's a very interesting uh, question yeah i'll just pull up this chart here for the sun's just shining through right here how wonderful, so wonderful.
0: Yeah, I know. with the way I look at it
1: yeah and and that's and that's that is true and that is that is representative of like of Neptune in general and especially Jupiter Neptune but Saturn shows us that you know we can hold that and, and remember that at the same time as you know we have to act with utmost responsibility in the world
2: and you know try to solve the problems in the world around us do our
1: best climate change is is a meta-problem. It's the first time humanity has had a common enemy. Well, maybe the second time, because nuclear, the threat of nuclear war was really the first common enemy.
0: Yeah, and I would would be cautious of calling it a common enemy. Um, I'd be much happier calling it a challenge. Well, sure. Uh, And that that's kind of the Jupiter way of looking at Saturnian, right? Uh, I see what you mean.
1: Challenges, you know, it's like the positive side of adversity or the growth-promoting
0: uh, aspects yeah. of yeah. of problems. So,
1: yeah. know, um, I will mention another transit if I think that your uh, listeners would probably be interested in. Yes. And that is, uh, we're actually moving into a Jupiter-Uranus opposition. I I did mention it in um, regards to uh, Trump's chart. Um, Looks like the orb on these, there's a kind of penumbral orb that Rick Tarnas identified, which is from about 15 degrees, when when conjunctions and oppositions in the sky, there's when they get within 15 degrees, then you begin to see some manifestations of those energies. And then when they're within 10 degrees,
0: Can you Trump. can you speak about that more specifically? Can you can you yeah. when you say great well.
1: Yes, um, well we're all gonna turn into Donald Trump. Oh <laughs> we're oh gonna my. get in touch with our Donald Trump
0: side. Oh, we're all gonna be grandiose and uh, yeah. self sufficient <laughs> and stuff like that.
1: quantum leaps in mm. cultural and scientific and artistic uh, realms, of, of a sense of uh, new possibilities of going beyond. Jupiter amplifies the Uranian archetype of freedom, rebirth, experimentation, uh, breakthroughs. And Uranus liberates Kind of a crescendo a, a little climax in the in the evolutionary trajectory um every time it you know of of human society and we get that uh, about every seven years for about a year
0: so let's see you know, the last uh, the last time you're talking twenty sixteen the last time would have been nineteen ninety nine
1: Junction was uh, a little while ago, but it it was, I think, Saturn was involved in that alignment. So, you know, some of the effects were not quite as uh,
0: distinct. I mean, Uh, 2009 is what I meant. Right.
1: Some of the effects were not distinct as usual. But some of the other ones that were very pronounced were, um, like, 1969, for example, was that Jupiter Uranus conjunction. And that Uh The technological breakthroughs of the Apollo moon landing, uh, the widespread, sort of re- sort of amplified rebellious impulse in the protests against the Vietnam War and the Harvard Rebellion, and so on.
0: So next year could be a year similar to
1: 1969. Uh, yes, there would be some, some similarities, and we may notice this more in other cultures, I, I, in terms of like democracy, for example, you know it, this may seem chauvinistic, but I think there are probably countries in the world that have some catching up to do, even to get to sort of where Euro American culture has got to with democracy. Mm-hmm. You know, so they they have more progress to be made. You know, mm-hmm. like so you, it may seem more dramatic in other places.
0: that be possible uh, on an individual basis
1: absolutely it, it it'll happen in you know anyone who's open to that energy who's not actively trying to resist 14 and there was actually a grand cross in the sky Mars Jupiter Uranus Pluto in the spring of 2014 spring and summer of 2014 and it's like all of a sudden the, the psychedelic Renaissance just exploded there was all kinds of you know favorable uh, documentaries and and sort of news coverage in the mainstream news and uh, a lot of coverage of of the Iraq and Afghanistan wars, benefiting from MDMA cycles, psych- or or their families wanting that, or wishing they had had access to that after the their children, had, their sons had committed suicide, um, and there was a, a lot of sort kind of optimism that this, that um, we might be now turning a corner and able now to responsibly work with psychedelics in clinical and sort of medicine work uh, ceremonies in a, in a responsible uh, way.
0: May it uh, be so. May it be so. And, also,
1: yeah, and of course, the whole you know, legalization of marijuana, Trudeau is now putting that in the works for Canada. It's yes. General is now working on that. We're, we're really thrilled about that.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, talk it, about a, a waste of money and human lives you know
0: that yeah, criminal criminalizing what what does not need to be criminalized there there are enough uh there's enough violence in the world without adding violence for something that doesn't create violence uh, yeah, it's, if it's not forbidden some of
1: these uh, cops Go into a, a poor black
0: neighborhood and sell people little bags of marijuana, oh. and then as soon as they touch the bag of marijuana, then then they're, then
1: they're swarmed and knocked down to the pavement,
0: and lives ruined, you know, ruined. And, their,
1: and their children's lives. So that you know, life's hard enough without without that kind of
0: without making a crime out of. Yeah. crime and punishment um ren we're coming around to um towards the conclusion of this particular installment, so if you would like to think uh about what you would like to say in closing as um this is a an update of your astrological your archetypal astrological findings of the last three months?
1: Yeah. Well, thank you. It's, it's been really fun. And um, there are a couple of things. One is many people are feeling that Saturn Neptune square. It can be just so painful. There, and if it's hitting, especially if it's hitting somewhere major in your birth, your natal chart, there can be a feeling of loss, of disappointment, uh, of guilt. There's, there's a particular quality with Saturn-Neptune where you have a sense that you're in a, a peaceful, blissful, or innocent um, state, and then you lost it, and you can still see it, and it's
0: feeling this way.
2: a flowing component to and suffering so it is easier to, to let the tears and the water of life kind of uh, flow through and then the other
1: time.
0: Polotropic breathwork.
1: And I highly recommend that. There yes, a so do facilitator I facilitator near you. Um, just uh Google it and there's also uh an international website and you can look for facilitators there. So
0: well Ren, we we need to close now. Uh and I wanna say that I appreciate you coming back to Future Primitive and uh let's go on every two or three months getting updates from you about how this, this uh, amazing time develops.
1: I, I, I'd be honored. It's a okay. real privilege. and There's nothing Good. more fun to, to talk about.
0: So, Good. Yeah, okay. Thank you Great. so much. I,
1: okay. I appreciate what, what you
0: are doing. Thank you, Matt.